This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. You're joining us here for uh, another game podcast bonus, and uh, uh, Tony Cascarito is here with me. And Tony, I, I want to get into something that, that Joey Barton tweeted, but it's certainly not the first time we've heard it. Um, sort of this disconnect between those of us who write about the game and, and commentate on the game, the, the, the punditocracy, if you will, um, and the people on the pitch. And, you know, the, the argument that when you've actually played at the highest level, as, as Barton uh, does, you... You know, the, you understand the game differently, and there's stuff that those of us who, who haven't um, will never get. Now, mm. you're one of those guys who's who's done both. You've played at the highest level, and uh, you're a pundit. I, what are some of the biggest, most obvious things to you that the media don't get about mm. playing football at the highest level? Um, can I just say something before that, Gab? And I'm saying this as... Not because I'm in the punditry world now, and I was a footballer before, but there are far more journalists who know a lot more about football than actually players. Um, And I've met many, many players who haven't got a scooby-doo about the way football is played, run. To them, it's instinctive. And what they do, they do it good because they can. They're gifted. okay. Um, And they don't get journos or they don't get guys on the outside because they think they they can't understand the basics of how they control a ball, how a player would strike a ball in a certain manner. And I think they also don't get that they're not in that banter, that dressing room. You know where things are said and, and there's a there's like a, a sort of slang talk between footballers and we they don't get how we do things or they don't get how we work. And I think a lot of it stems from there. It's like an inner club that the outside world, they actually don't want people from the outside who have not played the game at a certain level to be involved. Now, that said, is are there, I mean, is there stuff when, when you played, is there stuff that, that frustrated you because you said, uh, you know, that this person doesn't understand the pressure, they don't understand the context, or yeah. they don't understand how, you know, it's actually very difficult to do what they wanted me to do? Or Yeah, well, they would, um, you know, footballers would look and say, for example, the Joey Barton incident that happened at the weekend, and it's a, a reaction that lots of players would say that a journo wouldn't get that because I reacted to something that was happened at a moment, and that was an instinctive reaction to it. So they don't understand because they've not been there. But, of course, people who are involved in instinctive moments all the time, whether in a car, driving, in, you know, and someone pulls out on you and you react to what they do. You know, players don't get that, the, the, you know, a lot of things that do happen on a football pitch, journos have actually played part of, a lot of them have played sport. Okay, maybe not in front of 50,000 people, uh, which well, is more <laughs> pressure, but, you know, I've had 200 people stand at me and I've had guys on their own, uh, you know, shouting abuse and so have a lot of my colleagues, you know, and dealing with that is something very, very bizarre. And then brings you my next point. I mean, as you say, most of us have played football. I, yeah. I, I don't care how rubbish you are, but even if you're playing in the park, you could still experience that instinctive moment. Mm. The difference, uh, I, I guess, is the backdrop to it is, the, the, the as Joey Barton tweeted, the, the 52,000 uh, at St. James's. But I don't know. There's a school of thought. I, I want to put this to you that says, you know, in terms of pressure, there really isn't more pressure if you're playing in front of in front of fifty thousand because the pressure for a professional comes from within, and, yeah. and you could face 
you know, just as much pressure playing in front of 500 people. Oh, exactly. And I, I found more pressure within my own dressing room than I would get. It's a safe haven in some ways, being on the football pitch. OK, it's not nice if you're playing badly and you're getting 50,000 supporters, but you don't really get 50,000 supporters giving you a stick because there's there's always lots of the big percentage of the crowd that are going to back you because you're wearing their shirt and they're proud that you're wearing their shirt and they're trying to help you. They see you suffering. Um, but, you know... <laughs> The, the pressure is is it's fantastic as well if you're going well and you're playing well and you're you're getting your name sung out and you know you're feeling that adulation everywhere around the ground that is something that gives you a lift but I'm sure a journo or a guy sitting in the stands who even is not involved in football at all, just enjoying the moment, can understand how great a feeling it is to be applauded and enjoying the experience. So it's a twofold thing for me. Um, I, I'm sure that you could imagine playing in, in front of 50,000 people. If I said to you, what do you think it's like? I'm pretty much sure that you could describe it as a fan or as a journo watching a game. I'm sure you could describe it. And that's how it is. You get a big, big kick. And you also, when it's wrong, you, you get a lot, a lot of disappointment that your family members and friends get exactly that feeling in the stand. If they're sitting there listening to it, they feel exactly the same. And uh, my one final question here is: you, you obviously you crossed over to the other side, to the part mm. where you know you you were on the inside in the dressing room, yeah. And now you're you're across um, judging, mm. um, and you know judging for a living. And obviously, there's there's many ex pros uh, who do that. Um, what are some of the challenges, if any, that, that you faced? Um, challenges is sometimes with ex-players, sometimes people I've played with and trying to give an honest ass- assessment of how, if, you know, some of the people I know and played with are managers and if their teams play badly and they've not done well and I turn around and, you know, give them a bit of a slating, I have to deal with that, you know, and sometimes people react to but, what you've said. So you have to deal with it because of the personal relationship you might have had? Sometimes, or yeah, because. Okay you're an ex-pro and you're somehow breaking some kind of code yeah I'm sometimes it's a bit of both I'm breaking a code and sometimes it's to do with people I know in the game that I might be criticising their team or you know so it, 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 it can be tricky and, and I think the, the big thing is with with football I mean I remember getting a phone call from Frankie Lampard and he he, he I didn't know Frank but I'd said something in the newspaper, and I, well, I didn't think I was critical. I thought I gave him a fair assessment. I assessed him and Gerard, and I, I, I gave him a nine and Gerard a nine and a half in a piece I did. I thought Gerard was a better player. He phoned me, and he didn't like it. But with that phone call, he said to me, you should be kinder. You should be better to me because you're an ex-Chelsea player, meaning I'm one of them, and I'm not one of them. That's my old club, and that's the team I played for. But I would have... To me now, I would I would be unfair to what I'm doing if I'd totally gone, well, he's an ex-player, isn't that? Someone I have met and I've talked to, but I gave a dishonest opinion of what was in my piece at the time. So you're, I find that sometimes difficult. Sometimes you you feel like you're... You've, I don't never want to hold back. I always want to be totally honest about how I feel, but sometimes you do get that feel of a bit more pressure from the, the, the world of football. I did say final question, but I do have one more. And, Sorry, yeah, that's um, me. The as 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 a boy, you were you were a Liverpool fan, if I'm not mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now I'm always fascinated by this and people trying to work out whether you know journalists or fans or have certain biases. And I, I think we all have biases working in the media, partly down to how nice certain people are to mm. us. Um, but I don't know that it's down to you know what club we support or or we supported when we were when we were younger but 
Now, you went, in some ways, through a threefold transition because you, you, you were a Liverpool fan, so you wanted Liverpool to go to, to, to do well, and you became a professional footballer. You would have played against Liverpool, in which mm. case you wanted Liverpool to lose, <laughs> presumably, uh, when they played your team. And now, what is your status vis-a-vis Liverpool and is that why you rated Gerrard higher than Lampard (laughs) no Um, I I try to again give an honest assessment at Liverpool Football Club it's been very difficult in recent years to be upbeat about them Um, and what you tend to do sometimes you do wear your heart on the sleeve and you give a a reaction like a fan which I try not to do I try to look at the bigger picture but you can easily get caught up with it and my, my today is like I touched on earlier I only were able to think about is is that my honest assessment of what I see and what's happening in that football club. Of course, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. And to those of you listening out there, I don't think I was revealing any any big secret that uh, Cass is a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm sure you could tell from his thick Scouse accent. 